Welcome to Pushing Through. I'm Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we like to keep it on the court here on Pushing Through, and we have a lot of things to talk about on the basketball court because we got the playoffs heating up, BJ. Are you enjoying this? Because I'm having a lot of fun watching these games. Well, it's the playoffs, and here we are, my friend. Is it a flagrant one? Is it a technical you know, foul? Like, That's what I, I feel like we've, that, <laughs> I, I, I'm we've really done that ir- a lot. I'm really irritated <laughs> about that, you know, Shout out to Charles Barkley for saying what I was thinking. You know, he yeah. said it. Always. You he know, always does that. He, but I was thinking, I was like, man, I, I'm tired of all these flagrant ones, flagrant twos. You know what? Let's just play the game. It, it messes up the floor of the game. And, you know, I just want to see the guys get out there and play. However, we do have some great series going on right now, right? We have mm-hmm. a 3-2 in Phoenix. Yep. You know, 3-2 now in Miami. 2-2 with the Celtics, Milwaukee, which I'm sure we'll get into. And, you know, we got some great basketball going on right now. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, excellent basketball. So, you know, let's get after it, my friend Tate. I'm, I'm excited. You know what I mean? I, I like to, I like to, I like to refer to myself these days, real name, no gimmicks, you know, so <laughs> let's keep it on the court. <laughs> well, it, it's all good that we don't have to talk about the Lakers and the Nets and we get to talk about basketball. So that's a win. Uh, unfortunately for our producer Midas, a Philadelphia fan, Philadelphia is one in 18 all time when they are down three, two in a series. The one lone win that they did have, the one series win was 1955 finals. So they won the championship the year that they did come back from three two. So right. there is a little bit of hope there. But let's talk about the most captivating series I think for everyone for for the the people at home, and that's the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. BJ, this is a heavyweight bout that's going on right now. Giannis without Chris Middleton playing great basketball, but the Boston Celtics playing great defense and able to get a win in Milwaukee in Game Four. What do you expect to see in Game Five tonight? Because this is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a spectacle, and I'm excited to see what Giannis does on this big stage. Well, the one thing, you know, Tate, that I, I love about the game is where there's a level of competitive spirit that's brought to the game. Mm. You know, I want to make sure that I point this out. You know, I have two words I have to say. Al Horford. Yes. Al he might have Hor- got drug tested after that game, BJ. Al he Horford, was so He, he looked know, like a young man again. I respect professionalism wherever it comes from. I respect mm-hmm. that. You know, a lot of people want to play in the NBA or professional sports for various reasons. What you saw from Al Horford was someone who respected what it means to be a professional. Al's a pro's pro. Yeah. That, that, that was a professional effort. You know, you don't, you don't have a game like that for the fame. You don't have a game like that because you were hot that's that's called being a professional and showing up when it's when your team needs it and you lay it out there on the line. So this is what I respect. You know, both of these teams have shown you a level of competitive spirit that embodies everything that we love about the game. Yeah. Right? Both teams have won on the opposing team's home court. You've seen timely uh, performances on both sides, the latest by Al Horford. You know, I don't know what to expect here in game five. It will be highly contested. You've seen great coaching. And these guys are playing the game with a level of physicality that you love. 
Okay, this is 2022, and you hear so many people talking about, oh, the game was how it used to be. Well, this game could have easily been in the 80s, in the mm-hmm. 90s, the way these guys are playing. You're seeing bodies flying all over the place. You're seeing some trash talking. You're seeing, you know, people get knocked down. And I love it. I love everything about it. And the referees are allowing these guys to play. So, you know, the only thing that's missing is Chris Middleton. I think you can see now especially late in the ball game in the last late four the to game, five minutes. He, he is really important. They need team. another score or someone mm-hmm. can keep the defense honest because clearly what they're doing is they're loading up on Giannis. Okay. I don't think it's so much. They're stopping Giannis is they're They're able to load up because the other players, you know, Grayson Allen and those guys aren't able to have a sustained level of play throughout the course of a 48 minute game. They have spurts, but in, in the last four minutes, you can, you can in see crunch it. time, and, and yeah, you can they see need it. somebody. And so, other than that, I think this has been well played. I'm looking for someone to give me an untimely contribution, someone that I'm not thinking of right now. We know Giannis is going to show up. We know Jason Tatum is going to show up. We know Drew Holiday. We know Jalen Brown. But we in need last a, game, it was Al Horford. It was I Al mean, Horford. A, a career but, high. But if in you're going to win these last two games, right? You're going to need an untimely contribution, right? You need someone, I shouldn't even say untimely, an unlikely contributor right now, someone we're not thinking of, right, that's going to come in, contribute, play. And I think the coaching, finding the right combination, doing the right time of the game and just having a feel for the game. Both of these teams know the scouting report now. They know all the plays. They know what the other team is running. They know what the other team is trying to do. Now it's just going to be a feel, which coach is going to have a better feel at that particular time? It could be either one of them because they're both terrific coaches. And you're going to need an unlikely contributor to contribute here because you know the great players are going to show up. You know they're going to, the effort is going to be there. You know the defense is going to be there. But now we just need an unexpected person to show up to really push that team over the edge to get, you know, to, get to four uh, before the other team. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great game tonight. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys on each team. I mean, whether it be like a Derek White on the Celtics. I mean, there's a lot of players that you could point to that, that might be able to tip the series, you know, on the Bucks side. Plenty of guys. But I, I'm excited to see if Chris Middleton could come back for maybe game six and seven because uh, there has been some some reports of that, some rumblings of that. And I, I saw him walk into the plane, BJ. He looked like he was cruising to the oh, plane. Oh, stop so. it. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, Dr. Frazier now. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm doing the body language, hey, doctor. He looked pretty good hey, to me. Hey, I'm, hoping, hey, hey, yeah. I'm hoping that we get Leave. him on the I would love to see those big three back out there. And even if they go down swinging in Boston in a game seven, I would love to see Chris Middleton back out on the court. But like you said, I mean, when you can load up on Giannis and you know that's where the ball is going at the end of the game, I mean, advantage Celtics. And the Celtics, we, I have to give them credit because what we saw at the start of the year and what they are now, I mean, that that is uh, – I know we've touched on it on the show before, but it really is impressive. And they play like a team. They play connected. Uh, they do the little things. They'll take the charge. They'll, they'll jump in and, 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 you know, get in the scrum if they have to. Like you said, it's a 80s, 90s kind of feel, a physical feel to the whole series. So it's fun to watch. I think it, I think that's my favorite series so far. It's not a it's not the Warriors and the Grizzlies going broke the code and all that stuff. It's not the, you know, the flopping back and forth that we've seen sometimes with the Mavs and the Suns. I mean, this series has been, I, I think, the best of us um, so far. And I'm excited to see what happens. And I would love for it to go seven games because, uh, 
You know, we saw it last year. The Bucks went seven in Brooklyn and got the win. So they've done that before. They've done it the hard way. Yeah, yeah I would love to, for it to go seven. But I just want to see great basketball. So I'm just excited, yeah. Tate, that we're talking about what's happening on the court. I, I, that's when I get most excited. Me too. All the other stuff, who's doing what, who's not playing. <laughs> you, you know, Tate, I get, I, get, I, I, I get irritated with that. We're mm-hmm. actually seeing terrific basketball. We're seeing terrific coaching. We're seeing the players that are participating, you know, really dictating the outcome of a game. I can't think of anything better. So, you know what? I got my popcorn ready. You know, I'm, I'm going to hide out in my house here from my family for a couple hours. You know, they're going to be screaming my name, but I'm going to be hiding out. I'm going to really, you know, hopefully uninterrupted from start to finish. I know they're going to find me. In. But I'm yeah. going to be locked into this game because I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, me too. Me too. Let's talk about the uh, Suns and the Mavs, the game we watched last night, because I want to talk about our guys. I want to talk about Bismack Biombo oh, um, and, and just the the verticality of this Phoenix team, because it felt like they, they flipped the switch in the second half, BJ. And we talked about it. That's their advantage, the size that they have and the ability to go vertical against anyone, especially against a team like the Mavs that don't really have the rim protection that you would expect to see. Um and last night it was on full display, and I know you enjoyed that because I enjoyed watching it. Bismack looked great. Well, you know, when you, you're, you're going through the course of a season and you're going through the postseason to get to 16, you know, there's a thing that you hear me talk about, Tate, all the time, and I always feel like I'm repeating this, but it, it, it's just so true. And to our listeners, you know, roster construction is a talent. And give James Jones and that Phoenix Suns credit for constructing a team where they have depth you got to have depth you have to have the ability to adapt you have to have the ability to adjust during the course of a season during the course of a game and during the course of a series and it was on full display here in game five now Bismack Biombo, you know he is the third center you know in the rotation you know you have DeAndre Ayton you have JaVale McGee, who has been terrific all season. And then you have Bismack Biombo. Now, Bismack Biombo is a different type of defender than the other two. Now, what does he bring? They're all shot blockers and rim protectors. But Bismack has the ability to play against smaller players on the perimeter when they switch. He's always been able to play small ball, even though he's a big. He's always been able to do that. Now, most people don't really value that because now what we're seeing in the league is we value shooting and we value spacing and and all of these things, okay? And I'm not saying they're not important. In the end, Tate, if you're going to win a championship, it always comes back to who can get stops, who can match up with the other team. Bismack Biombo, no one can stop Luka Doncic, but what Bismack Biombo can do is not allow a player like Luka Doncic or other players to blow by him for easy baskets or create breaks down in the defense where he can just get open shots. And when they, and and when he bumps into Bismack, he feels it. I mean, you could tell that Luka was like, okay, I I don't want to run into him. Now, Bismack (laughs) Biombo has always been able to do that. He's always, since day one, it's, it's, it's just, you know, you, you, you have to value what he brings to the game. Without Bismack Biombo and that ability, Phoenix, you could see why they lost those two games there in Dallas. 
you have to have depth in this league. So the roster construction of the Phoenix Suns, give them credit. They're not duplicating the same player. DeAndre Ayton brings something different than JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee brings something different than Bismack Biombo. Cam Johnson brings something different than Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges brings something different. Campaign, than Campaign, Chris Paul. They all bring something unique, but they've mm-hmm. all bought in to what they're there to do. So I give those guys credit that they understand what they were trying to do at the beginning of the season. And you can look at the team because you need talent and toughness. Check, check. But you also need depth. Okay? Phoenix has a team, as the, as the series goes on, they can go to other places to get other contributions other than just scoring points. You know, Bertans was fabulous in game four. He came in, shot the lights out. Finney Smith shot the lights out. But you have to figure out how you can contribute if you're not shooting the ball well. And that's what I love about what, you know, what I saw there from the Phoenix Suns. They really, you know, uh, what's the other kid uh, came in, played for the Clippers. I can't think of his name right now. Um, I thought he played well too. Um, You know, the kid played for the Clippers. Torrey Craig? No. um, Hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me. you know who I'm talking Sorry, about. Sorry, yeah, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, the kid, uh, the kid, uh, uh, Shamit, Landry. Oh, Shammett. Landry, yeah, Landry yeah, Shamit. Yeah, yeah. I thought sorry, Landry Shamit was terrific as well. I thought he was aggressive. I thought he was a key contributor, especially on the defensive end, allowing them to match up. So Landry Shamit and Bismack Biombo, to me, they were the difference. And they were the difference, and they didn't have to come in. They weren't they, – it's not that they scored a lot of points or, you know, they came in, they got, you know, unusually hot or anything like that. It's their contribution to what they're trying to do, which is to add a defensive presence. But more importantly, they were able to match up. And to me, that was the difference. You know, one thing really stood out to me in this game is that Tate, they only scored 80 points. Mm-hmm. Think about how difficult that is to do, especially in today's game with the way we play. Okay. With all the possessions and everything. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. So that was a phenomenal defensive game plan by Monty Williams. Shout out to him. Coach of the year. Well-deserved. But to be able to hold a team to 80 points in a playoff game five. Wow. That says a lot about his team, about the focus and the energy they brought back now they got to go to Dallas and try to figure out how to do it there but game five that was a phenomenal phenomenal display of defense and finding guys that you're going to need to win as you go through this journey and it was one of those things too where in the second half of you're watching the game you could tell that they decided and they knew that they were going to score in the paint like they were not going to settle for anything outside of the paint the Phoenix Suns I mean they started just attacking the paint and you could see the 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 blind spot really when he looks at the Mavericks and we talked about this but they need to get someone like if I was the Mavericks I would think to myself we should sign JaVale McGee this offseason right we got to get somebody take 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 well that's hey, what I mean that that hey, would be what hey, I'm thinking as I sit over hey, there you know what you, you know you know it, it's always amazing to me is that we get caught up in the regular season and winning games as you should it's important I'm not saying the regular season is not important. But when you look at teams like 
the Miami Heat, for instance. It's a common thread there. There's talent. There's toughness. And they've gone out and got experienced players that can defend in the interior and on the uh, on the perimeter. I mean, it's it's when you look at their roster. The Dallas Mavericks have improved significantly this year and advance because of their defensive presence. I mean, guys like Reggie Bullock and, and guys on the perimeter, Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson's a tough little defensive player. I mean, he's a tough little tough little guy, right? I mean, he, you know, he, he he's not backing down from anybody. Well, he's, he's a Philly kid. Come on, I know his dad. You know what I mean? I, I, I know his dad. He's from Philly. You're right. I mean. The guy, like he's, I love the fact when he's posting up because you know that just irritates Chris Paul like never before. You know oh I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And he likes There's to someone bump. doing it to him. Yeah. Well, he likes to bump. You know, like some guys, you know, they get bumped and then they get like, man, why you do that to me? He's like, oh no, can you hit me harder? This is great. Can, yeah, he know, plays he, off though. He it like gets him in rhythm. Yeah, like he needs to feel your body. You know, he he plays like you know take, when I'm in the backyard with my kids. You know what? <laughs> They're like, Dad, it's not fair. You're always trying to bump me. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. That's all I can do at this stage of my life, you know? And that's why I love the kid, Brunson. He just, he loves to bump. He falls down and he's getting up going, man, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just throwing himself. He's like a little bowling ball. He just throws himself around, exactly. gets back gets back up. So it, it, this has been fun to watch. And, and I can't wait to see game five, I mean, game six. And because you know they're going to come out with some wrinkle. You know, Coach Kid. You know that makes me makes me laugh every time I say that. Coach Kid is, you know, he's he's you know he he he's showing you why he's one of the better coaches in the NBA. It's been a fun chess match between uh, Monty and Kid, and then you got Chris unbe- Paul in the unbe- mix, it's been unbe- and then Luca and Jalen Brunson. Right, There's a lot of high level IQ going yeah, on in the series. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, and, and everyone's everyone's fighting for position on the floor. But in the end, mm-hmm. it always comes down to depth. You know, Coach Kidd doesn't have that level of depth. But make no doubt about it. You know what? Luka puts you in the game. And if you give Luka, you know, more pieces, the better they will be. And um, hopefully they won't find it in this series, okay, for the Phoenix Suns and the Suns Nation and the Suns faithful. But Luka Doncic, he's for real. Mm -hmm. He is for real. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think it's it's on full display, and I'm excited to see what Luca looks like. Like you said, as they continue to build a team around him, and they get a rim protector, yeah, and they yeah. get and, and, you know and some I of these say spots this to, filled. I want to say this to Luca because I know he's listening. Luca, it's time now to come to camp in shape. Mm-hmm. You no, you you owe it to yourself to you do know, that. Now now you, you understand. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to be young like this forever. Now it's time. Not to come to camp, play your way into shape into December or what have you. No, come to camp in shape and give yourself a chance because now you have a team, you got some pieces. Jalen Brunson has made a start. You you have a coach. And every now and then in life, things work. You don't know why they work. They just work. That group, you know what was impressive in game four? Did you see those guys on the bench? how active they were, they were cheering. That, that's mm-hmm. phenomenal, okay? So that means that those, these guys actually enjoy each other. They're rooting for one another. And now they're playing a brand of basketball. But it always starts with your leadership. And without question, Luca is the leader of the team. And he's got to come to camp now in shape. He's got Agreed. to. 
He's got to, and then who knows? I just want to see the best version of Luca. Me too. Okay, and then because he's because he heard it here, then he's got to come and give us an interview. That's it. Just that, <laughs> that's all we're asking for one interview. Yeah, when he does that, we'll, we'll we'll all be in the money. I do want to quickly ask the guard guru. Chris Paul turns thirty seven. There's been a lot of you know much maligned since he turned thirty seven. He, he's been struggling and things like that. But in general, to me, it just seems like I mean the Mavericks are going after him. I mean, they're attacking him uh, on the defensive end and uh, they're making him work and they're picking him up full court and they're doing all the things that you would not like someone to do to you if you're a 37-year-old point guard. That, and I think that's kind of the extent of it, right, PJ? There's nothing much more to read into. You know, whether you're 14 or whether you're 37, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to give you a little secret about that guard position. Every guard, especially us little guys, point guards, all think we got handles and all of that. We take it as a total disrespect when the opposing team picks us up full court. No guard likes that. No guard. I've never met a guard who said, I enjoy being picked up full court. Why? Because you got to expend energy. You got to bring the ball up to court. It's annoying. And, well, it's not just annoying. It is the fact that it's kind of like, you know, you got to do all of these things where you don't have to, you don't want to expend that energy. And as you get older, it gets harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris Paul is not the biggest guy. So a guy like Magic, guys like Luca, guys like Oscar Robertson, they just put us little guys on the hip and they just ride us up the court. <laughs> they just ride us up the court. You know, Luca's big enough. He's like, okay, you want to pick me up? Great. I'll just get close to you and just push you on out of the way. That's what he does, okay? That's what Magic did. Magic did, he probably even saw I was guarding him. He just, you know, hey, come here. He just, come here. He just taking me along for the ride, right? He was 6'8", 2 whatever. You know what I mean? That's what that's what these guys do. However, Chris Paul doesn't have that luxury. And they put a bigger defender on him. Mm. So he has to utilize even more energy because Reggie Bullock is not like a, a small man. No, he's six seven. Yeah. And so now Chris Paul is just having to do things he normally doesn't have to do. He's got to work to get the ball up the court. He's got to use two or three extra dribbles to get around this guy. It's no problem. And, and this is his like Reggie played on Team CP three. I mean, Reggie has known Chris like his whole life. You know what I mean? So this is a guy that not only does he know me, you, I mean me, he knows you. Let me tell you he's something. You up let me tell you court. something. That makes it worse. Okay, let me tell you why it makes it worse. Is because, you know what? It's like having to play against your brother. You want to beat him It's playing against your little brother, exactly, that knows all your moves. Reggie is playing much harder against him than he probably would against someone else. Exactly. Okay, so this makes it tough. You know, whenever I played against guys that I knew or I, I, I knew socially or what have you, it makes it that much because you have a little bit more incentive to want to play against those play against those guys. Now, Chris Paul understands this. Now, everyone's making a big deal about Chris Paul not playing well. Okay, statistically, I would agree with that. But Chris Paul's role is to do one thing. You know, he's a he's a human organizer. Chris Paul has a unique skill set that not many in that league who's ever played in this league has. He can control the game and impact the game without scoring. I don't, I don't really care if Chris Paul plays well or not as far as offensive numbers mm-hmm. because I know Chris Paul understands this. He's got to get the ball to 
Devin Booker, check. He's got to get the ball to DeAndre Ayton, check. He got the ball to the shooters, Miles mm-hmm. Bridges. Bridges, Johnson. Everybody played well. As long as Chris Paul can do that, I'm good. Now, those efforts that he had in Dallas, Chris, what's going on? We need you on the floor. You get in foul trouble, you're doing that. That's uncharacteristic. You got seven turnovers. That, now that's that was uncharacteristic in game, I think game three. And then game four, Chris just literally didn't show up. If those other guys aren't playing well, Chris Paul has the ability like only a few have. He can be a distributor. He can be a facilitator. He can do all those things. And then he can go into his scoring act if need be. Well, they don't need it. They have a significant advantage in the in the interior with their bigs. But someone's got to get him the ball. And guess who that someone is? Chris Paul. There was a reason DeAndre Ayton's been missing on the road. Because Chris Paul didn't show up. So as long as Chris Paul is able to get out there and organize what we're doing, he can manage put the people game. in the right spots. He yeah. can manage it. He doesn't need to score. Chris Paul can score zero points, and they can win by 20. They won by 30 last night, and he had what? Seven. Seven. So everyone can make a deal because they're not really watching the game. You know what I want? I want to disrupt Chris Paul because if Chris Paul doesn't show up and doesn't manage the game – it significantly increases my chances to win the game because that means Devin Booker now has to go. Think about this. The Dallas Mavericks have forced the rotations of the Phoenix Suns, who had the best team in the regular season, to do the following. Campaign didn't get in the game until late after the game was well out of reach. JaVale McGee wasn't the first big coming off the bench. So Dallas has shown you what they're trying. They have to disrupt Chris Paul. Okay? They have to disrupt Chris. It's clear to me what's going on. Everyone can talk about all these other things. How do I disrupt Chris Paul? How do I know this? If you watch the game on Christmas Day, the Golden State Warriors versus the Phoenix Suns, Steve Kerr put Draymond Green on Chris Paul on Christmas Day. Up. Yep. And picked him up full court. Yep. Okay. There's nothing else for me to watch here. <laughs> now, I get that the other people probably aren't watching the games. But you and I talked about that okay. when we talked after we watched it on Christmas you know what I mean? Day. And, I, you and we were shocked that he showed his hand. Only thing we're doing, Tate, is watching the game. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be smart. I'm not trying to give you stats. I'm not trying to give you advanced analytics. I'm not trying to give you any of that. I'm just telling you what I know the game plan is. How to disrupt Chris Paul so that Chris Paul will play out of character. Maybe he will start trying to score. Maybe he will stop trying to facilitate. How do I disrupt him? Because as long as he manages that game, the Phoenix Suns got have enough talent and enough scores and enough pieces to do the rest. And, and if you want to beat them, you better figure out how to get to Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Okay, He's the key. He's, yeah. the, he's the key to all of this. And everybody can keep looking at, oh, he's not playing well. Oh, he's not shooting well. He don't have to shoot. Jason Kidd, <laughs> listen, 
Jason Kidd, who I played against, was not a scorer when he came into this league. But Jason Kidd had this ability. He didn't have to score. Just like Magic Johnson didn't have to score. That is so rare in this league. Draymond Green doesn't have to score to affect the game. Chris Paul is in the same category. Jason Kidd understands that better than anyone. We should be asking him that question. All these other things, oh, he's not shooting. Oh, he's not scoring. Jason Kidd is laughing. Chris Paul is laughing. Everybody knows that position. (laughs) See, some of these guards, John Morant, he's got to score to affect the game. He's, you know, but but, but the better you get in this league, you begin to affect the game in other ways. You begin to learn how to pass. You're seeing Luka Doncic now saying, oh, I can have just as big as effect on the game passing the ball as I do scoring. You saw Giannis do that. I think it was in game one. You're seeing these players like learning like in the middle of these games. They're like, Giannis is like, wait a minute. I I can score and just have just as much impact? Yeah, you can. Scoring is a thing. That's why we keep saying Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, these guys. These guys were so good, they just made it look like nothing. And the only thing the casual observer can see is the stats. Kareem. These guys are that good where they can manipulate a game in so many ways that it's just like, like Tim Duncan, like he could block shots, rim protect. He could score, he could pass. He could switch, he could double team and recover. He could guard the four, the five, the three. Like, when you start seeing this, you go, man, how good were these guys for real? And now mm-hmm. you're seeing Luca now, you're seeing Luca now beginning to like catch on to this. Yeah, it's he's like, picking it it's up. It's fascinating to watch. It's just, it really, because you're saying, because now Luca is like, oh, wow, I can pass the ball ahead. You know, like, like Steph Curry, for instance. I'm going to tell you one thing about Steph Curry that's been fascinating to watch. I remember when teams started double teaming Michael on the, on the, on the pass, you know, and normally you're waiting for a guy to catch the ball and then you would come double. Well, as soon as the pass went, they were doubling so that he couldn't make a move. And I remember, I, re, I, re, I vividly remember this. They were, we would throw the ball and, and Michael always said, don't, if you know the double is coming, don't throw me a bounce pass. It's like, man, I'm just trying to get you the ball. Don't throw, because that's the <laughs> slowest pass. Mm-hmm. He said, just throw it up. I'll get it. I promise you. I'll get it. He had big enough hands where he would catch it, throw it back, and cut behind the guy as he was going in the rotation. And when I watched Steph Curry do this, I said, oh, Steve must have passed on that information because Mm -hmm. no one catches the ball and relocates better than him. No one shoots one-legged threes other than Steve Kerr and B.J. Armstrong. I know that. Because <laughs> we would always joke around who was going to be the first to do it in a game. Mm-hmm. To watch Clay Thompson, to watch Steph Curry, I know where that's coming from, and I just laugh. 
because we saw Mark Price do it. And we were like, oh my God, we like Mark would split the double team and come up over. It was like, Steve was like, man, I'm not going to do it. It was like, well, we got to try it at least, right? We would practice <laughs> so that shot all the time. Right? Yeah. You got to try it. <laughs> Right, and, that, and if you ever watch those guys, they always look over at the bench at Steve. It just makes me laugh. I can't wait to call him, you know. And hey, get well soon too, Coach. I know you had COVID, yeah, yeah, so hopefully he gets sure. well. But when you when Michael, he just figured that out. So he encouraged you to double team him because what's the first thing that someone does when they double team? They double team and then they turn their back and go to the rotation, and he would follow that guy and catch the ball, catch and shoot. And, and, and you see people figure things out. So when you're watching these players figure it out, it's always like, a, I was like, I remember asking, I was like, man, how did you know that? He was like, because I'm just taking advantage of the principles that people are, are taught. So what do you do? You double and then you get into rotation. Well, while you're getting into rotation, you can't see the ball because Michael's behind you. Mm-hmm. And he would follow that pass. And Which goes back to the whole comprehension of understanding the fundamentals because you know that's a fundamental move, move, but then you use your fundamentals, fundamentals against you. Yeah, they're, you basically find a blind spot in the – yeah, exactly. And this is what I love. you like and, – and, and I'm seeing Luca, and then I'm seeing Giannis. You're seeing Jason – like Jason Tatum made some adjustments in game like four. You're going, oh, wow. Like you're just watching these guys. It's kind of like – you know, was, I would imagine playing a video game. You just you learn a new level, and you go, "Oh, that's how you do it." It's like that mm. oh, that that old moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like little things like that. I'm excited about you know the game tonight, and I don't know how we got Me on too. that subject, but you know, just watching these guys figure it out, it's unbelievable to me. It, it's just a, it's amazing to watch. Well, I think that's the exciting part of the playoffs. It's been great so far. We've seen a lot of, uh, you know, great players kind of have, you know, some of their moments and their staging. And uh, as we get prepared to to push on one more thing, BJ, before we get out of here, I do want to get your thoughts. Uh, MVP comes out. The Joker wins the MVP. Uh, Joel Embiid is obviously in the conversation there. Giannis Antetokounmpo also in that conversation. So all three of those guys we have said on the show, all MVPs, but uh, the Joker uh, Jokic wins this one, so uh, congratulations, back-to-back MVPs. So we we get the last one to yeah. do it was Giannis, and before that was Curry, and before that was LeBron. So pretty good company. Yeah, what, what what can you say? You know what? And there there were three players this year that were worthy, and you had Jokic, you had Joel Embiid, and you you know every Giannis. year you have Giannis. Every, every, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every year, you know, um, you know, not that you were asking me, but if you ask me, I thought. Joel was the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. I, I I really did. Um, but when you look at all the players, because you know I love the bigs. You know I I love big guys. You know, Jokic had an incredible, incredible year. Okay, incredible year, and he was a worthy candidate, and he won. Okay, but it's obvious to me, you know, that the system is flawed now because now yeah. we have the voters or the people that are voting, we demand more because this is the very best league in the world, okay? And we have to hold this league to a higher standard. And when you look at the stats, and we stats are important. Don't get me wrong. Stats are important, and that should be one of the things that we look at. But when, you, when you're watching the game and you're watching um, – what people have to overcome and people have to do, you know what, to me, Joel Embiid, you know, what he had to overcome this year and what he had to do. 
I thought he was the most valuable player, okay? Because this MVP award has always been about the very best player. It's always been about that. And But it's obvious to me now that the MVP award is no longer an award for the best player in the NBA. And I don't want this MVP and these awards and all of these individual accolades that these players deserve, right? To start going based on stats. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to take the very best league in a dark place. Okay? We and like you said, the people that are that had the vote on this, I mean, it, it's and, and uh, just just give me, just tell yeah. me other than your other than your advanced metrics, just tell me what you saw this year. No, it had an inherent bias to it, is what it looked yeah, like. Just tell more me what so you, than and, you can call it advanced analytics or whatever, but it looked like you just like someone more than the other guy. Just, you know what? I, I, I'm not. I don't want to go there because it's always about the game. But what mm-hmm. I am saying is that it's clear to me now it's flawed. It's clear to me now that who the best player in the NBA is, there is no debate now. There's, there's no debate. The, the most impactful player in the NBA is in Milwaukee. Yep, there's, number 34. There, there's no debate. It's just like Jordan and these guys. at one Every year, Jordan and these guys could have been, he should have been the MVP. Okay. But this year, we're watching the games. If this year in particular, Joel Embiid, if you ask me, was the MVP. And, it, and Jokic had an MVP. And if, if Jokic won, hey, I don't have a problem with because this has nothing to do with Jokic. Congratulations. It has nothing to do with Jokic. It has, okay? it just, it, it has to do with the fact that Joel Embiid led the league in scoring for the first time since Shaq, and he had his number two guy quit on his team, and he system, still got him to this, a top three this, seed. This, I, I have mean, a problem crazy. with the system. And the, yeah, and then the hundred voters and the votes. The, the, the system it doesn't, is flawed. It, it the, doesn't reflect right. the, the game. The system is flawed. Now, yeah, I, I, I'm thrilled that a, a, a big won it. I'm thrilled about that, right? Because yeah. now the bigs... Right, you know, I I love the bigs, right? Because we we had pushed them out of the game more or less. Okay, mm-hmm. now the well, the, top same, three the guys, same people, the same yeah numbers the top, people. Now the top three guys yet. are all seven footers. Okay, mm-hmm. which is fabulous. Okay, but you know, I, I just I, I want us to take care of this game. All right, I take that very serious. Tate is the stewardship of the game, and we. And the people who vote and all of these people, the game deserves better. The game deserves that we give our very best effort. And when we see something is flawed, we should have the ability to correct ourselves because self-correcting players and self-correcting people do best in life. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage us to figure out how to encourage ourselves because we want the very best. This league is the very best league in the world, played by the very best players in the world, and we deserve to give our our best foot forward. And that's all I really have to say about it. Congratulations. That's here. Great basketball in the years to come. You know what? Jokic, hey, what he did this year, hey man, what can you say, right? What can you say? 
Jokic is very similar to Giannis, where it's like he can win it every year yeah, based yeah, on the way that he plays the game. I mean, he's unbelievable. But this year in particular, Joel Embiid, if, if you watched, he was the one. And, yes. and, 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 and that's coming from someone where I know that Giannis is the best player. Yes. But this Same. year, this year, Joel Embiid, what he was able to overcome, hey, man, that, 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 that was – that he has he secured been. the entire franchise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he if if he balked, if he said, you know what, this other guy quit, I also quit, and, and said, I mean, and, and, they and, are in and turmoil. Listen, listen. And, and 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 I and 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 I'm and I'm and, I'm, and, I'm, and you know you hear these arguments. That's it's a regular season award. Okay, Joel Embiid right now is playing through some injuries right now. That you're you you know what he's risking. Okay, because this game means a lot to these players. Okay, that man is, you know, what is it, an orbital fracture? Orbital fracture, yep. Okay, he has a thumb that's going to require surgery. You know, we just completely forgot about, remember early he had a knee something, you know? He yeah. Had a, he had something with his knee or, I don't know, a meniscus or something. He had something. Well, going and then I, I saw some people talking about how all he does is fall down and stuff, and it's like he, he learned to fall down and decided because it was better for his body okay. to spread the blows out because he's such a big I mean, the okay. guy has tried to – he, <laughs> I mean, He's done way, everything. He's carried this team literally on his back. Yes. Okay? Now, so it is what it is. You and I are again. We we love the game. It's always about the game. It's not about these individuals. And I feel awards. for Joel Embiid. I really do, and well, I appreciated. Yeah, I, I appreciated I, I, the way I, that he I, handled I, it. I, I I don't want this to turn into something because listen, you you know we've all had disappointments. It's, it's not about what happens to you in your life. It's how you deal with it, right? Yeah. Joel, we appreciate you. You had an incredible year. You had an MVP caliber season. Okay. Back to back MVP and, caliber and, season. And and, and 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 all of these players, Jokic, Giannis, all of these players should be celebrated. And only one, unfortunately, only one could win. And it is what it is. But let's move on, Tate, to the game because we got more great basketball. Hopefully, yep. you know, we will get one of those type of performances because within adversity, we always find greatness. And yep. I'm hoping for one of those moments, like we saw Akeem Olajuwon, when he was upset that he didn't get the MVP. And what he did in that game versus the San Antonio Spurs is one of the more phenomenal moments I've seen. And I was in the league at that time. So hopefully Joel Embiid can reach deep down one more, one more time or two more times and put together incredible efforts because I'm going to tell you something and and Midas is from Philly if Joel Embiid and the Sixers win this series this will be one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen Mm -hmm. agreed so I'm hoping for an epic game seven but they got to win game six to get there and then if they can get to game seven Joel revenge yeah I would love that could be you know we call this the real MVP you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and no disrespect, but this is what greatness is all about. Okay? This is what greatness is all about. And I'm I'm saying I'm not saying it I'm not saying it disrespectful. Like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. this could be a moment to really display his true greatness because Joel Embiid is a very special talent, but all of them are special talent in their own way. But I would love to see him play 
even at another level. Me too. I, I would just love to see it because he is that good. Without question, he's the best player in this series. And I just want to see greatness always on display. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, uh, BJ. Anything else uh, before man, we get out of here? I got to get ready. I got to get my. <laughs> I got to get my drinks. I got to get my popcorn popping. You know what I mean? I got the Orville yeah. Red Barker ready. And uh, but when in water, my friend, what do you do? We got to make waves. This has been pushing through. Enjoy the games tonight, and we will see you later in the week. <laughs> <laughs>